This is a Niche Radio podcast. For more, visit www.nicheradio.co.za. I'm very excited to be at the James Cedric Distillery in Wellington. I'm here with whiskey, master of whiskey, um, Andy Watts. Um, I've worked on one or two projects with them this last two years, which is called Whiskey Journey. Um, basically, expa- well, basically uh, creating whiskey experiences for clientele and media uh, within a home with three different types of um, lounges and settings and so forth as well. And learning getting deep down inside of what really goes around with whiskey. So Come Wine With Us started seven years ago and now we're moving towards Come Join Us, which is our new company, which will start or basically do our first Come Whiskey With Us event taking place at the end of May and then also that will be in Johannesburg and then middle of June will also be taking place in Cape Town. Andy, it's great to be here. Thank you very much for having us. Please tell us, enlighten us, where did it all start? How did it all start with you and your whiskey journey? Yeah, well, firstly, welcome to the James Cedric Distillery, the proud home of South African whiskies. And yeah, my journey was not your your normal route to to job. Uh, I'm not living the dream. I mean, I grew up in the UK and my dream was to become a professional footballer. Uh, I didn't make that. I became a professional cricketer and that's what brought me to South Africa for the first time, 1982. Uh, after a few visits, I decided to settle here. I got working with a company called Stellenbosch Farmers Winery and they then sent me back to Scotland to get experience in making whiskey. And in 1991, my 25-year journey with the James Cedric Distillery as manager began. That's amazing, 25 years. Well, it's, yeah, that's 25 years. In, in 2016, I handed over the, the managership of the distillery to Jeff Green, uh, who now looks after the day-to-day operations, while I concentrate a little bit more on innovation and the future and where we're taking our whiskies going forward. That's amazing. I know you won a lot of prizes last year. I'm so excited because especially like Baines, I mean, single grain whiskey, best in the world. I think you won it twice now, didn't you? Yeah, Baines was, uh, the whole concept for Baines actually started in 1999, um, which seems like a lifetime ago now. And it took basically 10 years to get that concept to the birth of the brand in in 2009 Mm. when we first uh, came onto the market. So we're actually 10 years old as a brand in July of this year. And That's actually so short period, it's eh? It's a short period of time, and, and yet we've had you know amazing successes. We had from 2010 to 2015, we had six consecutive gold medals at the International Wine That's Spirit incredible. Competition. How many, if I might ask, how many people take part in an event like that, or awards, basically? It's the, the big competitions like the IWSC and World Whiskey Awards is basically all of the brands which which you are aware of taking Pretty place. much. They yeah. all enter. Yeah, they all, that is they incredible. all start in, the, in, in those competitions. All the big guys. And of course, our, our biggest two awards with Baines were 2012, 2013, sorry, and 2018 when we got the World's Best Grain Whiskey Award at the... Whiskey Awards held in London on an annual basis. Okay, tell us a little bit about the ranges that you all do here and, and the different vintages and so forth. Yeah, this is a it's, it's a, it's quite a unique distillery in the fact that we distill both malt and grain whiskey on the same premises. Can you give us, sorry, just for the people 101 yeah, yeah. whiskey, what's the difference? Okay, I mean there are three types of whiskey. 
there's malt whiskey, which is made from malted barley and distilled in copper pot stills. Uh, the romance of the industry, you go to Scotland, you're mm -hmm. going to visit a, a whiskey distillery mm -hmm. and it will be a malt distillery. Okay. Uh, then you get grain whiskey, which is slightly less romantic. It's uh, a continuous process where the raw material is generally maize or wheat. In South Africa, we use yellow maize. Uh, and that is where you create a lighter style of spirit. And then the third category of whiskey is blended whiskey, which is a combination of the malt and the grain put together, which then gives you a blended whiskey. Now, the majority of people talk about malt whiskies, but actually there's only 10% of the malt whiskey which is distilled is actually bottled as malt whiskey. The rest gets blended with grain to produce that's the biggest market, pretty which is the biggest yeah. market by far. Okay. Uh, so that's in a nutshell. And, it's, three and it's quite tricky to blend whiskey, am I right? Oh, it's, you know, if you've been doing it a while, it becomes easier. <laughs> uh, but I always like to use the analogy of, a, of an artist. Uh, an artist needs a good canvas to create a masterpiece. Of course. Uh, the a product good, as well, much rather. With, with a good canvas, then he or she, using different colors, can paint you a dark, stormy day or a beautiful, light, sunny, uh, joyful picture. And the same with whiskies. Uh, the grain whiskey is the canvas, uh, so you need a good grain. Um, once you've got that good grain, then you can take the different styles of malt whiskies. Mm -hmm and create either something which is deep, smoky, and got that stormy feel about it, or you can create something which is very light and very easy drinking and you know, nice and approachable. Mm. So, yeah, you can basically, with if you've got the building blocks, you can create anything when you blend whiskey. Awesome. And compared to our whiskies in the world, what makes it a little bit different? I think when I came back from, from Scotland as a, as a youngster, relative youngster and, and I was tasked to improve the quality and the quantity of whiskey which we produced in South Africa. Um, I kind of came back with that, yeah, I know it all attitude now and I very quickly learned I didn't. Uh, you know, for firstly, the big difference is the climate. You know, mm -hmm. I learned how to make whiskey in a cold climate in yes. Scotland. Uh, you come to South Africa, you've got this incredibly warm and almost harsh climate somewhere where you wouldn't expect whiskey to be to be made. Right. Uh, so I had to, to quickly learn that you know you can't beat the climate, so the quicker you, you get the climate working for you and you don't try and work against it, then the better chance you have of making good whiskies. And, and then I had, to, I had to learn through the process, you know, with fermentations, uh, we now temperature control them so that we create a good environment for the yeast to convert the sugars into alcohol. Maturation, you know, we've got a higher than normal angel share, that portion of whiskey which is lost during the aging period in wood. Um, you know, the accountants would love that angel share to be lower because mm. it means you're not losing as much product. Yeah. But as technical people, we believe that it really helps our whiskies develop uh, much quicker and portray themselves as being older, more mature at a younger age. Okay. And do you find that the whiskey market is quite different here in South Africa compared to overseas? Styles that people want is a bit different in South Africa than what people are drinking overseas? I think here in South Africa we are drinking basically the premier products which are available around the world. What I do see on my travels is a big difference in the market, the consumer in South Africa to your traditional, let's say, uh, UK market. Yeah. Uh, in South Africa, we've definitely got a younger, a, a better split across both sexes than what you tend to find at 
let's say, whiskey festivals mm. in the UK, where it still seems to be pretty much a mature male uh, That's approach. Yeah. But here in South Africa, we, you know, we definitely, all the functions I've been to, all the whiskey festivals, especially over the last 10 years, have definitely seen a, a lowering in the age of, of people who are enjoying whiskey. That's amazing. And, and also a lot more females, which is great to see. I was about to say, I've been noticing a lot of females drinking whiskey. Obviously, it's good for the waistline. <laughs> Depends what you put in it. <laughs> Not too sweet cocktails, though. That's yeah, the only thing. But uh, it's interesting. I mean, um, tell me... What's the difference between different styles of whiskey? So, for example, now you always hear about single malts. What is the difference between well, those? Well, single normally refers to coming from okay. a particular distillery. Okay. Um, so, a single malt would mean that it's a malt whiskey coming from a particular distillery. Um, the same with a single grain. Uh, you could, in our case, have something which is almost a single blend, which is yes. uh, would be very unique in the world, actually, because there are very few people who have you know, all the components coming from one particular distillery. Yes. Uh, we haven't played on that yet, but mm. it is something which we could, you know, we could do going forward. Um, you know, really the styles of the whiskey is, is infinite. It, uh, it really does go about, you know, the technique in producing the whiskey, mm. uh, the type of wood you use during maturation, um, you know, the style of barley, do you want that barley? which has been dried using a, a peaty, smoky fire, or do you want it dried with hot air? In other words, no smoke imparted into the barley. Uh, all of that plays a role in the, in the final choice. Yeah. So I don't believe there's one whiskey which suits every occasion. And I don't believe that, you know, if you are drinking only one whiskey, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because whiskey is a journey. Um, there are going to be different whiskeys which appeal to you at different times. And the whole fun of, of the whiskey experience is actually finding those whiskies and finding which ones tick your box for, yes. for what particular occasion. What styles do you think most people like today now that I'm specifically, what type of whiskies are people drinking? Well, I, th I think if you look at the popularity of, of let's say, Irish whiskey uh, in South Africa, uh, that's because Irish whiskey is generally a very easy drinking, soft, smooth, uh, you know, there, there is not too much in there to, you know, to get you waxing the little uh, for the half of the evening. It's whiskey which is produced to be enjoyed. It's very drinkable, very easily drinkable. And I think that's what's attracting people firstly to the market. Once you're, once you're into the whiskey segment, then, you know, your curiosity starts to take over a little bit. Mm. And you will then start that journey and you will wonder what are these you know, are these magical whiskies from the island of Isla? Why do mm. people talk about them and rave about them like they are? And then you will try these stunning, smoky, heavily peated whiskies, and you will see they're totally different in terms of flavor profile, but yet they do have a place in the whiskey spectrum. Totally, yeah. Different strokes, different folks. Yeah. So I think you'll probably find that most people, if they're entering from a, let's say, an RTD uh, aspect or a uh, sparkling wine or a you know, even the wine side, slightly sweeter wines, then you will find those light and easy drinking, the Bain style of whiskey, very, very approachable for, for, for an entry-level drinker. Uh, but also very um, almost mystical about, you know, the flavors you can extract in, in the way we produce Bains uh, for a, an experienced connoisseur. Uh. Um, but, but yeah, you, you would very rarely find somebody starting their whiskey journey on one of the heavily smoked peated whiskies from Ireland. Same with wine. I find that some people, they start, start with sweet. 
and start sweet and then they try and find it out and then eventually they end up with a dry white, dry reds, they go into the same journey Absolutely. with whiskey. Absolutely. You know? The, the only difference with whiskey, of course, it is a totally natural product. So it's water, grains, yeast. You're not allowed to allowed to add sugar, and you're not allowed to add flavors. Uh, so it's you know it's that the art of creating the flavors in the whiskey from the different styles of wood, which will create that um, perceived sweetness of the whiskies. So your wood is a very big component. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it was one of the, the eureka moments was was when we you know, got the company to agree to, you know, to follow in a wood policy for, for our whiskies. You know, it's no secret that the last 10, 15 years, our whiskies have become very, very successful at international okay. uh, competitions. And that was after in the early 2000s, we, you know, we agreed to a wood policy where we would not compromise on the quality of the wood. And if I may ask, where do you get your wood mostly from? Well, back in the old days, it was really, you know, whiskey wasn't a big category in South Africa. It wasn't big within the company. So we basically got every cask which nobody else in the business wanted. So that could be a red wine cask, a white wine cask, okay. a brandy cask. Uh, once we started to, to be serious about our wood policy, we actually went across to the States and sourced suppliers specifically, specifically for whiskey. For, for yeah. whiskey. And for the different styles of whiskey which we produce as well, so you know, Baines has got a specific supplier out of uh, out of the states. Uh, we use that style of cast to help. Is create it like the an flavors. oak type of? Well, it's all American oak. American oak, uh, yeah. But the bourbon industry may only use that barrel once. After that, they sell it into the whiskey industry, be it the American industry, whiskey industry, or Canadian, or Scotland. But very few people actually want the cast straight from bourbon. Uh, because you still got quite a lot of those characteristics yes. which you can pick up into your into your own whiskey. Difference between bourbon and whiskey? Uh, bourbon is a geographical location. It must be made in America. It's like champagne. Like champagne, Same thing. yeah. Like Scotch whiskey as well. Can only okay. be made in Scotland. Uh, they do have uh, legislation on their mash bill. It must be a minimum of fifty-one percent corn, uh, which is maize as we know it. Mm. Uh, most of them do have a higher uh, corn ratio than the fifty-one percent must be matured in a brand new charred American oak barrel. Uh, those are the three main characteristics or three major requirements of, of being a bourbon. Okay, great. Let's go on to your whiskies. Mm. Don't you want to bring it closer here <laughs> and then explain to us and where we act and so Yeah, well, Baines, Cape Mountain whiskey. Right. Yeah, you can show Doing the Baines. There we go. Yeah, you see, you've got his nice little rose Yeah, I love the tag, tag, by the way. It's great, yeah. And, yeah, Baines was, I mean, the idea, the concept behind Baines was to try and create something which was as soft and smooth as those Irish yes. whiskies we talked about, totally. but with that sweet hint which the American bourbons have, but without the oily harshness which you can sometimes get in the bourbon. So if I want to start drinking whiskey now, this is a good one to start with, I, I would what think would you if, say? Yes, I would yeah. think if you are not... Good for overall palates. Absolutely, and, and it has got that natural, that hint of natural sweetness, that vanilla spiciness which comes through lots of tropical fruit, banana, pineapple. Uh, so this is this is a whiskey which very few people, in fact, I can count them on one hand, have tasted this whiskey and said, "Wow, you know, this is this is actually very nice." And tell me, water is that a big thing? Ah, water is is a necessity in, uh, for a whiskey distillery, not necessarily as much for the end result, the product in the bottle. So the quality of water uh, affecting it. Well. The, the whole principle of distillation is the separation of alcohol through water, mm. from water through different boiling points. Yeah. So the big, the big necessity for water at the distillery is actually in the cooling uh, systems where you have to take the vapor 
which is alcohol coming off the still and turn it back into a liquid. So okay. you, you counterflow the vapor against the colder water okay. and that then takes the vapor back into liquid form. If you don't have enough water to, to do that part of the process, then you stop distilling. Because obviously you have to get it back into, okay. into the water. So many different elements. Water. Yeah. So, but the, the quality of the water in the beginning, um, yeah, a lot of people say it is absolutely vital. Uh, my personal honest opinion is is that, uh, you know, the water does not play as big a role in the... What in plays the, the biggest role? Well, the biggest role to me is in the quality of your fermentation. You cannot distill a good spirit from a bad fermentation. And what makes a good fermentation? Uh, a good fermentation is giving your yeast the correct environment to, to work in. Uh, if yeast gets too hot, so optimum temperature optimum control, temperature control is, is in, our, in our eyes here in a hot climate is critical because the two byproducts of fermentation are heat and carbon dioxide. Mm. So if you're already in a, in a climate which is 34, 35 degrees ambient, Jeez, then, you need to. then you've got to make sure that when you pitch your yeast at 25, 26, that you can actually maintain it. Yeah, because otherwise you kill it. Uh, well, it's too hot, basically. It's too hot, it can yeah. kill or it can take strain. And if it takes strain, it produces off flavors. Okay. So we worked with our yeast suppliers. We developed two strains of yeast, one for malt, one for grain whiskey. And Different temperatures, We know everything? exactly what their optimum temperatures are and we maintain our temperature. And where you want it for that type of taste. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. And then exactly the same then when you've got your good fermentation, uh, you can distill a bad spirit from a good fermentation. So distillation is, is just as important in that you have to know in your column where the takeoff points are for the particular congeners you don't want in your product. Yeah. So we work very closely with the design of our column to, to know exactly what congeners we yeah. wanted to keep in the spirit and what we wanted to take out. Okay. So like like for example, yet again I take wine as a reference because I know it. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I know whiskey but not too much. And I just want to make sure, like every year I know they need to tweak because they have these vignettes. They need to make that blend, but they need to mix their blends as well every year in order to still get that consistency. Is it sort of the same with whiskey or do you have a set recipe? That's it. You can keep it constant with your fermentation process, everything like that, to get your end result. Is it more? Can you, how can I say it? Can you balance it or can you wingle it's, it more? It's, it's not, if, you, if you're trying to say it's the recipe. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, exactly the same with wine. Whiskey is... Alive. It's alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can distill exactly the same spirit, put it into the same casks, but then take it into maturation. Yes. And you're going to find, you know, it could be slightly different after a three, five, ten year period. So, Bain's the single grain, one of the components of making a blend. Um, for example, the ten year single malt. Uh, you know, to make now a good blend, you would be using components like this, some grain, some malt. And, you know, after that maturation period of the malt, if this is slightly different from one year to the other, which it is, then you may find you have to tweak your blend slightly to come up, for example, with a, a Three Ships five-year-old, which is a, one of our blended whiskies which we make here yeah. at the distillery. And cost specifically for this, cost specifically for that, cost specifically for that. Yeah, this, this, the, the casks for Baines are dedicated. It's first fill ex-bourbon casks. Uh, and we use two sets of casks in the, in the maturation process, first for three years. Then we take it out of those casks, purchase a second set of new first fill ex-bourbon casks, and re for a further two years. 
we found that's what gave us the secret. That is, you know, what makes Brains the very unique uh, taste profile of Baines. With the 10-year-old single malt, for example, you can see it's quite light in color. And that is just purely because we used older American oak. We didn't want any of that, uh, you know, that vanilla spice influence which we get in Baines. We didn't want that with the single malt. I just wanted the malt to mature, get softer and smoother. So that's why we used older American oak here. With the uh, Three Ships five-year-old, this will be a combination of, of malt whiskey, which has been probably matured in older American oak, and also grain whiskies, which have been matured in older American oak as well. Again, not wanting any of that spicy vanilla uh, fruitiness which comes through in Baines. Right. Baines is a, a totally unique product on its own. Uh, the grain whiskies which go into our other blends, like the Three Ships Five, are produced exactly the same way as what we produce Baines. They just mature differently. Okay, that's that's very interesting. And and one that thing I was wondering about food. How do we? What do we eat if we drink whiskey? would you say is your base like you've done a lot of pairings I'm sure a lot in your life but what is a particular pairings or tastings that you can remember that really stood out to you that you think is the absolute awesome food that goes with whiskey well you're firstly you're right I mean in the past it was always food and wine pairings um, the last six or seven years definitely seen a growth in food and whiskey pairings um, not being a cook myself or somebody who spends a lot of time in, in a kitchen, I prefer to, to braai. Uh, <laughs> being that sort of guy, That's also I, I, normally, <laughs> I, I normally give the whiskey to the chefs. Uh, they taste the whiskies and then they normally come up with, uh, with superb menus to go with it. But what I have, you know, over the time, especially with the Three Ships five-year-old uh, and the ten-year-old, which have got quite a little bit of smoky peat in the background, uh, you know, things like a, a blue cheese uh, on its own or a blue cheese sauce with a nice steak pairs incredibly well with... So pungent flavours. Um, something like alcohol. Baines, for example. Something like Baines will go really well with, you know, a Cape Malay curry okay. or Cajun-style seafood or chicken. Um, something which has got a little bit of spiciness itself actually blends really well with the spicy sweetness of the Baines. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, Whereas the single malt, you know, probably a little bit heavier, uh, more your meaty style. Yes, it needs tannin. Oh, wait, it, yeah. it needs, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. protein yes. pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, so, yeah. loves a bit of the yeah. meat. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So, yeah, if I would go and buy whiskey and I'm starting to drink whiskey, how would you say, like you say, maybe start with this or how would you, how would you approach it? Yeah, I think it's a, you know, that's a difficult, because Probably you're going to be influenced by your friends. Yeah, of course. Uh, and whiskey is incredibly subjective. Um, you know, you can. People are very label oriented. Oh, listen, we, dr we drink a yeah. lot with our eyes. Um, totally. You know, the guy who shouts the loudest normally gets heard, and that's the same with advertising budgets and, and whiskey. Uh, you know, if you can take a while tambo for a year, uh, you know, a Santon Square, then you know you're going to get noticed. Yes. And, you know, some brands have that. Some brands have that, that influence and money to, to be able to do that. Uh, we don't, so we tend to rely on one-on-one on -one interactions, uh, the sort of events you're planning. Uh, it's, it's to get liquor on lips, as we call it, getting people to try. Uh, because I think that's the only way. I mean, if you take away the labels and you taste whiskey blind, 
Uh, you might be surprised that some of the hidden gems out there are not the ones with the biggest, fanciest labels, labels yeah. and, and marketing. Budgets. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So you know, you, it, it really is that journey which you've got to take on your own. Um, yes, listen to your friends, take advice from them, but you know, make up your own mind. Make up your own mind because it really, you know, they are going to tell you what is their opinion, mm. and they're also going to tell you how to drink it. They're going to say, listen, you know, you just have a dash of water, or you just have two blocks of ice, or you must do it this way, you must do it that way. Again, you know, when you're tasting whiskey, I would recommend just a dash of, of maybe slightly chilled water just to open up the flavors, to experience it. Uh, when you're tasting, no ice at all, uh, because ice tends to pull in the flavors. And also don't swirl like wine <laughs> with all when, those fumes. <laughs> when, you're, you know, when you're drinking whiskey, it really is about, once you've found that whiskey which flavor you enjoy, then a lot of the fun is, is finding how, how are you now going to enjoy that as a drink and in a South African climate which is you know in summer upwards of 30 plus uh, you might find it's a long drink at, at, at sundown at time uh, you know which again is not the, you know, the perceived way of maybe drinking whiskey. Cocktails are becoming big. Absolutely. It's uh, Absolutely. a big thing and not necessarily if, if people think of a cocktail you know sweet and then it's, it's not like not that anymore. No. And I'm finding it very interesting because, I mean, working on your brands as well, uh, we've, everyone's got its very specific cocktail, yeah. you know, and, the, and well, which ones, like Baines likes it, uh, lemons and, and limes and things like that and so forth as well. We, the, the three ships were different. We used, obviously, the ginger ale and so forth. It really works very well. Yeah, I think the whole idea with what we've tried to do with our whiskies from the Gems Savior Distillery is also give you a, a different journey in every bottle. Okay, uh, that's amazing, yeah. You know, so we're trying to show you that the, the, the whiskey spectrum from being, you know, Baines, which is a lighter, uh, quite a nice, sweet style, what I said, through to the 10-year-old single malt, which is dry and got maybe more of a smoky palette to it. In between, there are the blended whiskies, which, you know, might find the that's the one I enjoy today or tomorrow. And that's what we're trying to do. So when people sometimes say to you, oh, you know, I'm not keen on three ships. I don't like three ships. Uh, which one of the three ships range? Exactly. Because, you know, we have actually got a whole family yeah. of them. Yeah, I always perception. Absolutely. Um, perception, and that's that's why I love talk, speaking to you, learning about more local. I think in South Africa, we, we undermine how much quality, amazing quality we actually have in our country. with a liquor spectrum. From gins, still whiskey, still wine, still all over. And I think we can give worldwide, I think we can give them a go. Well, you know, if, if you look back at these, the awards which we've, we've garnered over the last decade, uh, across the whole spectrum of our whiskies, um, you know, the, the international judges are endorsing the quality which we are trying to produce. Uh, they are saying, listen, you're making really good stuff. And I think one of my, how my job has changed quite a bit is that Having a, an amazing team here at the James Cedric Distillery allows me to spend more time going out there with our marketing teams and showing them what's happening, the, representing the brands. Yeah. And I think what what we found is that it's not necessarily the hardest part isn't making world class whiskey anymore because we've pretty much got that that nail. the belt. No. The, the hard the hardest part now is changing those perceptions. It's going out there and, and getting somebody who is brand loyal to say, but listen guys, you know, why don't you try this? Because if you look at South Africa, South Africa is pretty successful in most things it, it tends to yeah. put its hand to, uh, you know, whether it's world-class wines or 
world-class sports teams or sportsmen or women, uh, you know, we're pretty good. So why shouldn't we be pretty good at making whiskey too? Totally. I 100% agree with you. And we are absolutely looking forward to having you at our event in the end of May, which we have, obviously, I said in Joburg and then also in June in Cape Town. Really I really hope to. that you guys can come because Andy is absolute connoisseur in what he does. Thank you for having me Great and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or log into www.nicheradio.co.za.